This episode brought to you by Bespoke Post. Get your box of awesome today. Guess what? I'm coming to Dublin. Come see me in Ireland at Vatican, March 25th to the 26th. And the weekend right after that, you can see me in Chicago at C2E2, March 31st to April 2nd. Hope to see you there. Nostalgia critic. I remember it so you don't have to. Hard to believe one of the most successful, popular, and longest running cinematic universes of all time started with a director coming off of a bomb, an actor scraping for roles, and goop punchline. Yeah, there's no anniversary or special occasion for this. I think watching Sathura last week just got me going down the John Fav rabbit hole, and I was just in the mood to look back on a film that led to what many considered impossible at the time. That being turning big-budget movies into comic book-style serials literally based on comic books. Released in 2008, comic book films were just about to have one of their biggest peaks. With The Dark Knight literally coming out the same year, and, like I said, this film about to launch a cinematic juggernaut. Sometimes with juggernaut. But at the time, Iron Man was certainly known by the average person, but nowhere near as big as Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman. There were no live-action shows around him, there was a cartoon series that most people didn't even know existed. Even the name Tony Stark was not common knowledge. But with the Spider-Man and X-Men movies still holding their own okay, Marvel thought it was time to take Tony out of his cave, so to speak, and thrust him into the spotlight. So, almost 15 years later, is this film deserving to have started one of the most profitable universes of all time? Well, let's take a closer look. This is... You know who he is. Oh, right, this is before Mickey said, BUY ME THAT! So we got a Paramount release. That must be why the Marvel logo isn't half the film's running time. We open in Afghanistan, so you know it's gonna start off low-key. As billionaire Tony Stark, played by Robert Downey Jr., is being transported by the military. You intimidate them. Good God, you're a woman. But you have actually excellent bone structure there. I'm kind of having a hard time not looking at you now. Is that weird? <laughs> How <laughs> Frank into the back here. Is it cool if I take a picture with you? I don't want to see this on your MySpace page. Oh, trust me, you won't. They're attacked, though, by some of the film's most delicious irony. Oh, I really should text Bruce Wayne and say, now I know what you're talking about. He's captured by, oh, such a disappointing reveal later. As we flash back to another flashback talking about Tony's rise in the weapons industry. Okay, even as comic book names go, Obadiah Stane is a little much. What was Ezekiel Harsh not available? Abraham Crush Push already taken? Jeff Bridges plays Jebediah Blemish. You know, look, that's so different from his usual attire, people didn't even know he was playing the part. Even Marvel, I think, forgot. Vanity Fair magazine, can I ask you a couple of questions? You ever lose knowledge that you're alive? Tony spends most of his time being cocky, spending money he clearly has, and being cocky.
probably goes without saying Robert Downey Jr. is beyond perfect in this role. He's full of himself, but he has just enough charm and humanity that you want to root for him. In fact, let's be honest, the Iron Man films, for all their profit, are, shall we say, uneven at best? It really is his charisma and perfect balance of likable and flawed that turned him into a timeless icon. And truth be told, at the time, this was a bit of a risk. Most people know about his past problems with addiction, and before this film, he was getting work, but he was getting punchlines, too. It's fitting this is a redemption story, because through pure skill and clever choices, he really has turned things around to become, well, let's face it, a relatable hero to a lot of people. We love Tony and Robert as Tony because they both reflect our failings, but also how those failings can be turned around and create something that'll last long after them. On that note, what's Gwyneth Paltrow been up to lately? Shouldn't you be singing How I'm Your Guest or something? Tony still has you picking up the dry cleaning. Occasionally taking out the trash. Ooh! Okay, honestly, Paltrow is another one that kind of plays this role to perfection. Her attitude, mannerisms, and both disapproving yet also admiring look she gives to Tony really does give what could have been a throwaway character a lot of dimension. We also get support from Colonel Rhodes, played by Terrence Howard, and Happy, played by John Favreau, thank God being less distracting than Tarantino's performances, or other egomaniacs. For the small roles they have, they do a good job being the straight men to Tony's one-liners. What's wrong with you? I got caught doing a piece for Vanity Fair. He really is the entire cast of Succession in one man, isn't he? He travels to Afghanistan while doing a weapons demonstration for the army. He gets captured like we saw before and is given basically a metal heart to keep him alive by another prisoner named Jensen, played by Sean Toop. The terrorists say they want the two of them to build a missile and when Stark refuses, it goes about as well as you'd think. Oh, if only Iron Man were here! Oh, wait. So basically, this whole 20 minutes or so is about as perfect filmmaking as you can expect for something like this. Everything here is done right. Every emotion you're supposed to feel, you feel his friendship with Jensen, his hatred for his captors, feeling the amount of time going by, his brilliant plan to act like he's building a missile when really he's building an escape plan just split into parts. Seeing Tony taken out of his glamorous world to witness what his weapons are being used for and being forced to make more of them is the perfect setup for why he becomes who he becomes. And it's not like he's bratty at first either, like throwing a bunch of quips and insults and stuff like that. He immediately understands the gravity of the situation and treats it seriously so it's believable. We're rooting for him because he does understand the danger and therefore we feel the weight of what's going on. I know a lot of people love seeing him fly around and blow shit up, but for me, these are the best parts of the movie. When they say he has one day left to deliver, he has to move up his escape plan, but the terrorists catch on and kill Jensen. I will partially honor that. My one complaint in this entire sequence, I think they should have played the Black Sabbath song here. It's great in the end credits, but how cool would it have been with all this buildup to finally see this suit and the first thing you hear is, I am Iron Man. All pants would be splooged by that point. Seeing him get revenge here is so gratifying, and all that is because of how effectively and patiently the previous scenes were done. We thank you, Lord, for this moment we're about to receive. Oh, fire! It's coolest when it flies! But the suit still has some bugs and conks out on him while taking off. He's eventually found, though, and taken back home. 
I want an American cheeseburger. I want you to call for a press conference now. Call for a press conference? Yeah. Hogan, what on drive. Earth? The people must know, I was embarrassed being in the Shaggy Dog. They get him his press conference and... Burger King? Uh, if I was a billionaire tortured by terrorists, I'm setting up a menu-style killing spree so the chef can make that cheeseburger as his last reflection of joy. That's the goddamn cheeseburger I'm getting! And he announces he's changing his ways. I'm with the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. That's quite a mouthful. I know. We're working on it. ABC is thinking of calling it canceled. I came to realize that I have more to offer this world than just making things that blow up. I can offer quips, and then things that'll blow up. I myself may blow up too. He says he's shutting down the weapons manufacturing division, which doesn't make Hezekiah Whiplash very happy. God, even with a badass suit and a cigar, nobody can make a Segway look good. What do you think the over-under on the stock drop is gonna be? 40 points. You gotta let me handle this. We're gonna have to play a whole different kind of ball now. Trust me, before I made this film, I did a movie where I played a surfing penguin. I make good choices. Hey, Doug. Hey, Doug. Happy birthday, Doug. Oh, is it my birthday, Doug? No, it isn't, Doug. Oh, sorry, Doug. It's okay, Doug. You still get a present, Doug. Why, thank you, Doug. You're welcome, Doug. Who got this for me, Doug? It's from you, Doug. Why, thank you, Doug. Because it's good to get yourself presents. You know, one of the most awesome days of the month is when our box of awesome from Bespoke Post arrived. So we're just gonna go ahead and unbox this thing right now and tell you what we got. And tell you what we got. And tell you what we got. Okay, fast forward a bit. There we go. Doug. 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 Okay, enough of that. It's a Peak CPO jacket from Line of Trade. Why, that's a great company. They specialize in goods that were designed to withstand the rigors of day-to-day -day life. Wow. Why don't you go ahead and try it on, Doug? One of the coolest things about Bespoke Post is that every unique item is hand-curated from a small business that you probably would never have heard of otherwise. From cozy essentials to travel must-haves and cocktail kits, Box of Awesome has everything you need this month. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. Each box is valued at around $70, but you only pay a fraction of that price. Plus, with each Box of Awesome, you'll be supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small, up-and-coming brand. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Look at that, you look just like the guy in the picture. One unbelievable story. I tire of you. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code NOSTALGIA at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code NOSTALGIA for 20% off your first box. That's boxofawesome.com, code NOSTALGIA. This was a good day, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Farewell forever. The sponsorship is done. I won't miss you. Goodbye! Doug plays Arkham Asylum for the first time ever every Friday on Twitch. We also have content five days a week. Hope to see you there. In a scene I don't know whether to describe as horrifyingly romantic or romantically horrifying, Pepper switches out Tony's heart with an upgrade. For no other reason except she's the only one he trusts. Don't ever ask me to do anything like that ever again. I, I don't have anyone but you.
also, if I ever need brain surgery, I'm having you be the doctor because I don't have anyone else to trust but you. I might have hit my head when I fell. Tony starts building the Iron Man suit and montages we've seen a million times, but A, we all love these montages, don't act like you don't. And B, Robert Downey really does breathe new life into them. Receive 10% thrust capacity, chief lift. Three, two, one. Pepper, can you sew my nose back onto my face? I don't have anyone else, yeah, but- Yeah, yeah. Alright, let's make this helmet look a lot bigger on the inside, that really is. We're online and ready. Once he thinks it's ready, he tries taking it on his first test flight. Sometimes you gotta run before you can walk. In three, two, one. Okay, it goes a little better than that as he flies around the city, but also flies so high that his suit freezes and he plummets. Um, not, not a great plan. plan. It comes back online just in time, of course, and he arrives at home to see a gift from Pepper. Ah, his heart is cold, empty, and non-functional. That is sweet! Wait, they haven't bought me yet, have they? He shows up to the event filled with celebrities and watchers, and he does something he certainly couldn't have done at home, flirt with Pepper. Sorry, I'm just too salty for this, Pepper. He discovers, though, his weapons are being used by terrorists once more, but this time he's gonna put a stop to it! Actually, the same way he put a staff to it before. This is another example of these effects don't look real, but they look good. Oh my god, that was amazing! Very cool! Oh, oh wow, that was, that was really awesome, man. No notes. But the military sees him too and decides to take him down. gets away and lets Rhodes know what's going on, and accidentally Pepper as well. Agreed. Now that I'm trying to protect the people that I put in harm's way, you're gonna walk out? You're gonna kill yourself, Tony. Let me at least tell you of the flawlessness of this Ultron plan I got cooking up. But it looks like Joshua Splat is the evil mastermind behind everything, and he uses Stark's technology to incapacitate him. They'll make snarky one-liners before they blow up, but they will be cheaper. He leaves him to die, but Iron Tin Man remembers he didn't need a wizard to get a heart, did he? If the first third is the strongest part of the movie, the last third is the weakest part. First off, it gives the one weird Pepper Potts line delivery. Seriously, I swear she becomes Mark Wahlberg from The Happening here. Look, I don't know if you guys have heard about this article in the New York Times about honeybees vanishing. Second, I will love this guy as a main villain, but not as a surprise villain. It feels so good seeing Stark get revenge with the terrorists because you've seen the hell they put him through, but the final boss should be equally built up. Hell, more built up, and twist villains don't usually have that because there's supposed to be a surprise. A twist villain is good for a mystery, whodunit, can you figure it out? that great for a big epic climax because you haven't spent that much time hating them. As such, when Solomon Smack has to say all these evil one-liners in his Full Metal Alchemist cosplay, it's kinda lame. For 30 years I've been holding you up! I've made some upgrades of my own! I love this suit! Collateral damage, Tony! Yeah, 
I guess I'm killing families in public now. I don't know. Sure, stocks won't be affected by this. Also, is he roaring? <laughs> Do not abide! Dude, smash! Even a T-Rex would be like, dude, you have to have better lines than that. I never had a taste for this sort of thing! It shows! Seriously, am I supposed to take any of this seriously? I just want him any second to shout, I am the Lino! They short-circuit his suit, resulting in a, Oh my god, Skybeam! I didn't know you went back this far. And he's taken out. The movie wraps up quick, but honestly, on one of the best notes a movie like this could. What a great spot to leave off. Imagine not knowing there's gonna be other Marvel movies in Extended Universe, any of that. You just have a guy tell the world his secret identity at the end of the first movie. What is gonna come of that, and by God, what is gonna come of that with this character? Also, it's pretty cool this little stinger legit earns all the hype it built up. Who the hell are you? Nick Fury. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. Uh, if there's anything mermaids have taught me is that if you change the race, nobody's gonna see it. Sorry, MCU, there's just no money in this. And that was Iron Man. Flawed, but not in a major way. I do kind of wish the last third was as epic as the first third, but this is still a pretty decent origin story that led to a lot more epic moments, and man, again, this really is Downey Jr.'s movie. That's not all to say it's poorly written or directed or anything like that, but... I feel like the mistakes would have stood out a lot more if his charm wasn't anchoring the whole thing. I don't know if there's ever going to be reboots of Tony Stark as Iron Man in the near or far future, but if there are, they have an incredibly hard act to follow with him. While I wouldn't say this is one of the great comic book movies, it is one that stands out because of what it started and, in some respects, the formula it set up. Yes, Marvel movies have varying styles, but you know everyone points to this saying it has to be in the same universe where this Iron Man can exist as well. Whatever style you go for, it can't be too different from this. And it's kind of neat observing that foundation all these years later. It's a good time, a good start, and over a decade later, still a good movie. I'm the Nostalgia Critic, I remember- Hey, wait a minute. Next month is March. You know what that means! It's mine! Savvy. We're still doing cameos for charity, and this month we're doing Code Angels. This one was actually starred by a friend of mine several years ago. Code Angels buys new warm winter clothing for Chicago's children in need. It's helped over 4,000 kids, but that's only a fraction of how many more still need help. Even though it's February, winter still gets crazy cold around here. We actually just had snow a few days ago. And so many children deserve to feel warm and you can help them out with that. So if you want a video of me saying happy birthday or good luck or whatever, click on the link below and be giving to a good cause. And even if you're like, no, I hate your face, well, consider giving to this charity anyway. It's a wonderful organization doing wonderful things. Check them out when you get a chance and see all the incredible things they accomplish.